Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And remember, to include the name the scoreless sort of podcast in your application. Thank you. Man there trying to stop Joe from getting himself into further trouble. It's not a bad ball for Pelly on the right side. It's Carlos Alberto. And what a great goal that was! Carlos Alberto! Maradona just walked away from Hoddle then. the scoreless thriller podcast i'm your host alex i'm joined as always by my good friend leon leon how are you doing i'm, I'm doing great the, what was the pause about what was the pause about yeah <laughs> i was trying to remember such a long time yeah it's been a while okay well, good, and good to be back we've got a full house on the podcast today so we've got four in total we're joined by rob again rob how are you doing Hello. Yes, I'm doing good. Happy to be back on the podcast. Mm. And joining us to make his debut, we have the Scottish Alex. I don't know whether we're going to, when we pass it around, whether we're going to have to use Scottish Alex as our names, but we'll, we'll work it away. Yeah, I'm quite happy to be Scottish Alex. I think that will work. Yeah. I think the audience can tell who's the Scottish one. Yeah, yeah. Alex. I mean, they should be. be fine. Well, I should tell you, I should tell you, Alex, that um, in order to prepare for this podcast, Leon watched train spotting in order to understand your <laughs> understand your accent better <laughs> but yeah so today on the podcast we wanted to cover uh england versus scotland from euro 996 and i wanted to cover it for a couple of reasons i think 
first one, obviously, we're speaking a week or two after Scotland qualified for its first tournament since the World Cup in 1998. And in the Euros next summer, in Euro 2020, which will take place in the summer of 2021, uh, Scotland will play be playing England at Wembley again, which I guess you're pretty excited about. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I'm glad you brought me on here to, to really burst my bubble. Uh, our first <laughs> competition in, uh, what was it, 22 years? It's going to be 23 years, and yeah, we were uh, really riding on that wave, but uh, to watch a Scotland defeat at Wembley back in the 90s for a game that I was, I think, one year old at the time was, um, yeah, very humbling and really brought me back down to earth, so... Yeah, I really noticed it when I messaged you because you were like initially quite enthusiastic. It's like, oh yeah, sure, I'd love to come on the podcast. What are we covering? Oh yeah, Scotland, England, Euro 1996. <laughs> yes, so good. happy to be your token Scott. <laughs> happy to be Scott. But uh, to introduce yourself a little bit further, I ask, I always ask people like, what is the, your favourite match that you've ever watched? And also from your childhood, can you remember a player or something that was kind of quite important to you? And Yeah, that you're, you're actually more specific in your questioning. You asked me... Who my play- favorite player was when I was ten years old. So this yeah, was... I don't give a shit. Who was your favorite player when you were nine or eleven? <laughs> yeah, well, I really looked into that. Um, so I think at the time um, I would have been, been would have been around two thousand four, two thousand five, um, and I would have been watching some Scottish football on TV. Mostly, it would be the old firm, and I don't really have a preference in the old firm. Although at the time I was kind of favoring Rangers, so. We kind of missed out on um, around that time, you know, players like Ronald Tabor at Rangers, and uh, I remember uh, Kenichio as well. Yeah, and Tori Andrew Flo as well. Yeah, Flo at Rangers. Both yeah. their transfer records. Uh huh, yeah. So all these players I remember growing up and, yeah, just kind of idolizing. Um, and uh, I think around 2005, we also had um, uh, Peter Lovenkrantz, Danish footballer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I actually spotted him at the, the airport when I was flying back last time. Ah. Yep. How could you know it was him? I, it was quite difficult. Like, he had, he how had was a mask. He like in his mid 40s or something. <laughs> yeah. He had his mask on, but I could tell it was him. Just, uh, and he's got a bit of a Glaswegian accent from his time in Glasgow. Oh, you just heard him be like. Yeah, he was at security. And, uh, <laughs> oh, I know that voice. <laughs> oh, okay. And then for your favourite for your favorite match, what would, you, what would you say? Yeah, it's a bit of a left field choice. Um, Having not experienced Scotland at a major tournament, I had to, you know, go for another, uh, or live that experience through another country. So I've gone for Portugal versus Spain in 2018 at the World Cup. Mm. Uh, it ended 3 all, and I think it was just a game that had everything, um, except for my red card. Um, you have Ronaldo getting his hat-trick, with getting a, a last-minute free-kick, or like 88th-minute free-kick equaliser. Um, you've got... Um, Diego Costa, absolutely destroying Pepe yeah. <laughs> to get um, an equaliser. The typical De Gea, yeah. which is... <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Nacho gives away a penalty early on and then goes on to score a wonder goal. And yeah, I think it was just really reminding me why like I love football, even as a neutral. So. Yeah, yeah, I mm. think that was like quite early on. I think it was like the first round of that, like the, that World Cup, right? And yeah, I think we're yeah. watching this, okay, now the, the, the World game. Cup is kind of properly, yeah. properly started. Cool, but that's a great choice. So before we go into sort of discussing this iconic game, I prepared a bit of a quiz. Um, The quiz, it's a bit, I don't know how, I mean, expecting you to do pretty well, Alex, because also whenever I've spoken to you about the podcast, since you've always been pretty frustrated about the contestant's inability to answer. It tells me, me. sitting there in silence, knowing the answer. (laughs) So yeah, so this quiz is kind of... This was somewhat directed towards me. 
No, no, no. It was guests in general. Okay. <laughs> well, I was I was like the the constant in this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there was always an Adam, but then it was always me playing my yeah. part. I'm sorry, Alex. It was the the All Blacks the the All Blacks question that that really got me. Mm. A football nation or a football team known for their uniforms, I think it was. Yeah, he was like the unbeaten team from the 2010 World Cup, right? And they they got knocked out because they drew. And Colvin said, "Is it a team which is known for their uniform?" And I said, "Like, yeah, obviously it is." But then he kind of left that alone, and then when so you're missing an important element, and also known for being, you know, very good at another sport. Yeah, yeah, I said, yeah. <laughs> I said that too. And then he went on and talked. You, you and him went on talking about like running through other ideas for like a few minutes, and then you eventually went back to the New Zealand thing. But I think when I edited this podcast, I may have cut out the few minutes where you went through like <laughs> running through everything. So then oh, it's but like we guessed it correctly at the end. Yeah, eventually. Well, fair enough. Well, you led to that answer. <laughs> Doesn't matter how you get there. It's just so long as you get there. That's all that matters. Okay, so this, these questions are all about sort of Scottish football. And they're all sort of like about stories from Scottish football from like recent years and stuff. So they're not, they're a bit kind of odd, these questions, I guess. Wish you could see the expression on Rob's yeah, face. Yeah, Rob looks so nervous. <laughs> Don't get nervous, Rob. I, I'm just... He's, not, I'm he's just zoned out. I'm hopeless. <laughs> I'm going to try my best. Is it multiple choice? They're always multiple yeah, choice, Rob. Thank, thank, good. Yeah, thank, yeah. thank goodness. Yes. All right, let's, let's crack on. Okay, ten questions. Question number one. In 2019, Dundee FC played a game versus 100 kids. What was the final score? What? A, 14-1 to the kids. B, 5-0 to Dundee, C, 9-0 to Dundee, or D, 9-8 to the kids. I've seen footage of some game like this. I can't remember if it was this exact game, you know, where there's like a yeah, ton I think, of like I think young kids. Like, started this trend. I think right, they played okay. like 100 kids, like three players against 100 kids in but, Japan. And then like it got yeah. copied by it. Oh, okay, okay. What was the last option? 9-8 to the kids. A 17-goal thriller. Because yeah, I remember the fences weren't on form that day. When, when I would play, like all the players, they would kind of try to keep it close so that we wouldn't lose motivation. So yeah. quite naturally, you go for like a, a, a close scoring, right? And mm. that's what you want. So. Yeah, I remember when I was very small and I played against my kid. My, not my kid, sorry. <laughs> Big reveal. This goes out to Alexis. Yeah, okay, I remember we'll cut, cut, cut. <laughs> done with that kid now. Okay, so rephrase that. When I, when I played with my dad, I used to get super pissed off and annoyed when it was very clear that he was letting me win. Okay. Like, because you have to like play the back, like the the fine line between like actually trying, but also it being like close. Yeah. So. Mm. But anyway, what are your what what, what well, choices I, are you? I going think to? the Dundee players will be happy to get any win they can get. So <laughs> <laughs> one percentage, I think. No, I think uh, I think the players yeah took the win. So yeah. five nil or nine nil to Dundee. Hmm. I think five nil. Five nil to yeah. Dundee. That's yeah. It's a complete guess, but okay, fine did, did, no, no goal for the kids. There's no way they're going to have There's gone out no like, like crying, like we couldn't even get. Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> so embarrassed that we lost the Dundee. Like a, a, some kind of marketing event, right? Or at least like PR event. Okay. So they, 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 okay. they, they're bound to let them score, like at least once. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Thanks for redirecting me to that. So I, I'll change to the. What was it, the 9-8? Yeah, I, nine, fa- eight I fancy that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I like that eight. one. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, I can tell you that you are wrong. The correct answer was A, 14-1 to the kids. Wow. Okay. Are they that bad? <laughs> so how many Thunder players was it? I think it was a full team. That's like 10 kids on one player. Yeah. Roughly. You can do that. What age were these? Th- <laughs> 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 it's quite funny because when I was re- researching this story, I, for some reason I think there was like a summer where all the Scottish clubs were doing the same thing when they played 100 kids for charity or something. And the the manager of one of the other clubs, I can't remember which it was, like maybe Patrick Thistle or something. They 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 lost the kids, and he was doing a, but he did like a post match interview, but he did it very like straight faced, and he was just like, I can't believe we let like thirty three of them, you know, <laughs> open in the middle of the box to score. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number two. Hibs striker Jason Cummings, known as Comdog, was banned from McDonald's in twenty fifteen for doing what? A Sneaking some cans of beer in for a drink with his Big Mac. B. Throwing up on a toddler. C. Throwing McMuffins at staff. Or D. Refusing to back down after being told that the McFlurry machine was out of order. I mean, D does sound realistic. That it would be out of order. Mm, it'd be a really upsetting thing to happen to a person as well. Well, then again, there's yeah. nothing you can really do about it, right? That's just yeah, that. But if you come to McDonald's for, you, for McFlurry and, for you. you know... Yeah, it just sucks, but just suck it up and get on with your life. I, I think maybe you threw stuff. Oh, I hope not. I'd like the idea of sneaking in some cans. I like that idea in any place. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'd be, yeah, I'd, I'd root for yeah, that Yeah, that'd be the most honourable option of that. Yeah, season, I think so. so. Usually it's the most he ridiculous option. He doesn't go with the obvious ones, yeah. Yeah, and the sneaking cans in does feel like a... It's a petty crime, but I mean, okay. is it worthy? Okay, so D is as in McFlurry. McFlurry machine. Rage. Are you going for McFlurry Rage? Yes. Okay, I can tell you that you're incorrect. The correct answer was C, throwing McMuffins at staff. Oh, oh no. That's what I wanted oh, to no. go for. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Question number three. Jason Cummings, again was ridiculed on social social media for taking which item on a trip to Wales? A. A travel adapter. McMuffins. B. A 12-pack of Iron Brew. C. An English-Welsh dictionary. Or D. A proclaimer's karaoke machine. Oh, no. It can't (laughs) be that. (laughs) Oh, no. How have I not heard of this before? Let's really just try and get into the mind of the cum dog. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, I'm thinking... Travel adapter. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. What was that? So it was travel adapter, iron brew, proclaimers karaoke, and what was the dictionary? Other? The yeah. dictionary. Yeah. English, 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 Welsh dictionary. Yeah, I think either dictionary or, or travel adapter. I think. You would say it with more enthusiasm. Yeah. I think. Say it with dictionary. <laughs> you think dictionary? <laughs> I just start like a little bit of a you know thing you might take along with you. Yeah, well, you whatever know. you want to say. I feel like it's it's. it's might want to try out now. speaking some Welsh. No, I'm I'm not sure about this one. I yeah, we clearly don't know Cummings too well, right? I don't know. Do people use physical you know translation? Maybe the contact. When was this? Twenty fifteen. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. No, no way. Yeah. Did they even make them anymore? You just need stuff to throw around every now and then. Just like heavy physical objects. What's your final answer, please? 
Come on, guys. Lads. I think it's the adapter. Okay. okay, it's the adapter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go with that. I yeah. can tell you that you have your first correct Ooh, answer. Yes. It is a travel adapter. Ooh. What a stressful bath of the first round. <laughs> How do you say it? Anyways, two one to me. Going into question number four. After Scotland beat England the year after England won the World Cup, the Scots declare themselves unofficial world champions. According to this criteria, who is the current world champions? So, like, you become the world champion by beating the previous team, which is like, Oof, yeah. so Scotland had the title in 1967. Then whoever mm. beat them became. So it's like a WWE belt. Oh yeah. Right. A Macedonia, B England, C Netherlands, or D Italy. But were they the first to beat England? After they'd won the World Cup. Yeah. The first. Yeah. Okay. It could be any of them, right? It really could. Yeah. Could it be Macedonia? Yeah, I'm thinking that's... Could even be Alex Macedonia. is wanting us to, to completely dismiss that <laughs> off the bat. And then Germany. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Macedonia. <laughs> <laughs> so irritating. <laughs> well, I think Scotland held this title for quite a while. So, I mean, if Scotland could to hold it, like they could hold it, then I think anyone could. So, mm. well, they, they have to win one match. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Well, <laughs> American Samoa would, would would maybe struggle with this, mm. but yeah. Rod, this time you go for so, it. So, wait, so let me just figure this out. So, a team beat Scotland. Yeah, but and then, then they became... The more. question was, like, present day. Yeah, who, who, is, who, who, is, is, who, who is the current? So, either, I, I, it can't be Macedonia, because, like, surely they've lost a game since if they... I don't even know if they did beat Scotland. But if they did, then probably since... I mean, it would be pretty impressive if Scotland didn't lose a game for... Yeah, 50 years okay, yeah exactly yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be when it is going to be one of the, the, the yeah yeah, the expected sides there what was it Italy Netherlands and England England oh, well let's just let's just let's dismiss just England, England. <laughs> let's just pick England so it goes it comes full circle yeah it's like uh, starting with them losing and then they win it and then that's back in their hands well is England your they, final answer no wait well, well, well hmm Mm. What about Netherlands and Italy? Yeah. Or maybe it's one of these two. <laughs> so, Netherlands or Italy, guys? Yeah, right. Um, I would go with Italy. Just because in... Yeah, in, not so long ago, Netherlands didn't do so well. They didn't qualify. Of these two and then run with it. I'm going to go with Italy. Okay, we go with Italy. I can tell you that you have leveled up the quiz. Yes. It is Italy, yes. you're the current unofficial world champions. Question number five. Which song knocked three lines on a shirt? Jewels remain still gleaming. Off the top Give of the charts. Give us some charts. more, please, please, please. <laughs> one, one, one more line. <laughs> one more song. One more song. Okay, but I have to do the answers now. Okay. Was it A... Mark Morrison, Return of the Mac. It's Return of the Mac. Oh, yeah, big team. Return of the Mac. Yeah. Was it B, Breakfast at Tiffany's Deep Blue Something? And I said, what about Breakfast at Tiffany's? Was it C, Killing Me Softly by the Fugees? Killing Me Softly with this song. Mm. Killing Me Softly. I think they all track with that, with that, with 96. 
or was it D, Wannabe by the Spice Girls? If you want to be my lover, you're going to get with my friends. Right, got to dig deep now for Spice Girls knowledge. <laughs> I think they were, I think they were, early, I reckon they because that was their breakout song. Would you like to hear the options again? No, please, please, no. Please, no. Quite hear them acoustically, can you please, a little louder. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. I'm just Where's worried about. I'm worried about copyright loss. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you know yeah, all the words yeah. to Three Lines? No, I, I I had the lyrics wrong for years as well. So in in the in what's the the actual lyrics for the uh, the chorus? Right. Is this how you're trying to trick me into singing the whole song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remind me again. It's coming home. It's coming home. Oh, you don't have to it's do that. It's coming. It's coming. I'm sorry. Wow. Very sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> because of this. So, what did you get Can wrong you about those lyrics? No, I know. I thought, I thought it was. Sorry. I thought it was. What's coming home? <laughs> we may have to remove the sound. It's not very strong. It's not very strong. <laughs> please please <laughs> tell me what you were. It's a difficulty. The lyrics are so hard. I wish I it's coming home. <laughs> Remind me again. <laughs> Just imagine you in the stadium, yeah. miming the words, not quite getting it. Yeah. Out of time. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming home. All right. It's coming home. <laughs> but you, what, which section of the song did you? Did you I, not? I can't remember the right lyrics now. So this is a bit of a I used to think it was "Jewels Remain Still Gleaming," oh. but it's not, is it? It's the name. Jewels of... remain still gleaming. Yes, and that's the name of the the cup, oh, right? Is that right? Yeah, the the original World Cup. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you guys uh, already knew that, apparently. So <laughs> they've gone quiet. Yeah. You oh, shut okay, them up. Yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe I've just. Loving <laughs> <laughs> the banter. Yeah. Okay. Alright, so so which which one is it? Oh, I've completely forgotten all the options. <laughs> okay, I'll go back. So is it A, Return of the Back? It's the Return of the Back. <laughs> <laughs> B, Breakfast at Tiffany's. And I said, I want to Breakfast at Tiffany's. C, Killing Me Softly by the Fugees. Killing Me Softly with this, Killing Me Softly. Or D, Wannabe by the Spice Girls. Yeah, it could be any of them. I don't... <sighs> were the Spice Girls earlier than 96? I'm, I'm, now, I'm now not sure. Maybe they were. Maybe that was the right kind of time. And they always got number one. Yeah, I think that's the same so, option. So I think, I think I'd go with... Yeah. Just, just also for the interpretation of Alex. <laughs> yeah, do you get if we get it right? Can I you thought you were going to start singing with me. <laughs> if we get it right, can you sing uh, the entire song? I just, just a bit, a little bit louder, to be honest. Like, okay. that'd be lovely. But okay, let's go with Spice Girls then. Okay, I can tell you that you are wrong. The correct answer was C, "Killing Me Softly." Oh no, I would mm. never have got that. Good song though. Yeah, good, very good the best song. I think in that list. Okay, so our scores are 3-2 to, to me at halftime. Going on to question number six. In 2016, Ross County had issues selling tickets before their upcoming fixture against Celtic. What was the cause of the problems? A. Vandals had broken into the stadium and stolen half of the seats. B. 
They had accidentally deleted their club website. C. A clerical error meant that tickets were being sold for 199.99 rather than 19.99. Or D. A local celebrity Elvis impersonator was having a big birthday party on the same day. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely that one. Yeah, it's got to be Definitely that one. Definitely that one. You can't make that one. No, no, it has to be that one. Rob, well, are, are we in complete agreement? Yeah, yeah. The one with the 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 bad price or the uh, the website uh, being. When I heard the website, one I thought, yeah, that that sounds believable. We're not going for. But that was before I heard about Elvis. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, let's go for a blitz round. This is this is okay. the, the last one. Okay, so you're going for D. I can tell you that you're incorrect. Oh, the correct answer was B, the club deleting their club website. How did you come up with the, the last one? She's throwing me off with Elvis. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. just like, <laughs> I need something. All right, question. So that's 4-2 to me. Question number seven. In a prank, what did English maverick Paul Gascoigne, whilst playing for Rangers, hide in his teammate Gordon Dury's car? It's a fish. Was it A, two fish? Was it B, a stuffed teddy bear which signed God Save the Queen? Was it C, a live tiger? Or was it D, a bee's nest? Oh, we don't. We know. Yeah, it's the, it's the fish. I heard the story, so... Okay. Tell us tell us the tell story, us, Okay, so the correct answer is two fish. Do you want to tell us the anecdote or do you want me to tell you? Yeah, so, when Gascoigne was up playing for Rangers, he was really into his fishing, apparently. And um, I think it was him and McCoyst mm-hmm. um, had played this prank. And they, they'd hidden it in... Uh, whose car was it? it was Gordon Dory. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, they'd managed to get into his car at the training ground and um, put a fish in the boot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the important detail is that there was two fish because when he, <laughs> when he eventually like found the, the fish that was stinking out of his car, he'd think he'd got it. But there was this second fish that would be mm. hidden in the car. Yeah, yeah. Was fish. It so yeah, so it shows the like a brilliant sort of like uh, criminal mind. So that when he found the first fish and he thought the smell would go, but then he was driving around for like another month. I was like, okay, my car still yeah. stinks of fish. Where is it? Because they hid the second one in a much harder place to, to, to find. <laughs> Brings our scores now to five two to me. You can still draw. It, five two. We only got two. Ru- no. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We've had more than two. No. we've had. We, that's that must I be three. three. Oh no, sorry, you got yeah, you got that one right. I bet this happens every week. <laughs> <laughs> I bet this actually happens every week. Oh. See, he just fiddling with the, the scores. Yeah, all the beers that I won't notice, yeah. and then he tricks me yeah. into we'll just, losing. We'll, we'll cut all this. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, <laughs> censored. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings our scores Stop to four to four three. Question number eight. What was unusual about the signings of Michael Dunlop and Ross Dunlop by Sten Husmoor in May 2017? A. Neither player turned out to exist. <laughs> B. The signing was announced and completed in a local McDonald's. B. Although brothers, they weren't on speaking terms due to a grudge held since childhood over a stolen Mars bar. Or D. They were both goalkeepers. Would you really have a, a grudge that went on that long over a stolen Mars bar? Oh, I think that's the question. Know, but then maybe just a narrative, right? Like it's a story that they go run with. Probably it's like different, but then they say it started. Okay, yeah, yeah, Mars yeah. Bar, yeah so. It's a very specific story as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's quite an elaborate lie. <laughs> if you have made this one, well, he, I mean, he made yeah. up the Elvis yeah, stuff too. So he was, uh, he's very imaginative. Yeah, this creative, creative mind. Flew up flowing. <laughs> 
I mean, I'd love it if they just don't exist. Like, imagine signing two people that <laughs> don't exist. That'd be, that'd be glorious. But I just, I, in my head, I'm trying to make it work. Like, how would this go about? Mm. There's no way. Unless they got their names wrong. Yeah, would that yeah. count as them? I yeah. suppose it would, technically. I, I think so. Yeah. yeah, I'd go with that. I mean, you hear these stories of clubs signing the wrong player. Yeah, George George Ware's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then, then do you say, okay, they signed a player that doesn't exist, or they signed like the they got player. tricked? Yeah, mm. <laughs> I think these are two different things. Right? Like a misspelling of a name is not like a ghost that you hire. You think? Yeah, mm, yeah. Mm, let's go goalkeepers. Yeah, goalkeepers has got to be. I can tell you that. You are wrong, and the correct answer was that the signing was completed and announced by the local McDonald's. (laughs) Question number nine. Shettleston Jr.'s goalkeeper Gary White was bizarrely sent off in a game against Schott's Bonn Accord. What did he do? A. He went for a pee behind the goal. B. Lit a cigarette just before a corner. C. Headbutted a dog that had run onto the pitch. Or D. Pulled the referee's shorts down. (laughs) <laughs> right logistically how do you headbutt a dog that's what I was yeah. thinking how yeah, I don't see that happening no right let's discount uh, that one. then again <laughs> there are some if crazy, he's on all fours as well there are some crazy people out there <laughs> if you try hard enough I think so I, I can't okay, see then, it okay then cigarette butts like you know maybe someone threw a cigarette we said that about it. the McDonald's one in the last question though <sighs> Okay, piss, piss behind the goalpost. I mean, if you really have to pee, right? Like, what, what do you do as a go as a goalie? Just like, can't run off the pitch, can you? Just yeah. pee in your shorts. Okay. Take a shit on the pitch, like Gary Lineker. Yeah. <laughs> Guess that's not for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Some people like to keep it a bit more, you know, personal, private, behind the goalposts. Okay, so not that one then. Then what's left? Yeah, what's the one that's left? This is cigarettes just before a corner. Yeah. Pulled the referee's shorts down oh, or headbutted a dog. Shorts. I really want it to be yeah. the referee's shorts. Yeah, shorts. The referee's shorts. Okay, I mean, we both lost anyways. Might just yeah. go, you could still draw. Go with again. the most satisfying answer then. Okay, I can tell you that you are wrong. And the correct answer was A. He went for a P behind the goal. Uh, you threw us off. Yeah. How did I throw you off? Because because you said you might as well just go inside. I thought you were, you were rooting for us. I thought I this, was, this was like a sign <laughs> for me to navigate this this into the different waters. Okay, okay, okay. I spend all week at work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> masterminding this. Chris. Masterminding my victory. Okay, the last question. Oh, okay. In 2015, season ticket holders at Celtic Park received a strange email requesting what? A that fans stopped stealing balls hitting the stands as it was costing the club too much money B a message from Scottish referee Bobby Madden's mum asking them to stop abusing him for being bald <laughs> C a message so from <laughs> C a message from the club encouraging fans to wash before coming to the games as there have been complaints over the smell of body odour in the stand or D Message from the club encouraging patrons to use the bathrooms rather than going to the toilets in the stands. Oh, I don't think it's the Bobby Madden. No, <laughs> it's mother writing in. Um, although he is bald, um, 
Okay, so the story checks out. Yeah, yeah. it does. Were there many? <laughs> were you feeling very self-conscious about it though? <laughs> have you seen the, Have you seen the clip recently where there was uh, the camera following the game and uh, it, they, they were filming the game and I think it was like it's it's programmed to follow the ball, but it just keeps going over to <laughs> to the linesman because he's bald. <laughs> <and stuff. laughs> <laughs> I remember which league it was, but it's quite fun. Okay. We love all our listeners, including the bald ones. Maybe especially the bald ones. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. So, w- when was this? 2015. Okay, I really don't think people were peeing in the stands in 2015. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Well, why, why would they do this in, like, 1980? <laughs> like, yeah, actually, that's a very good like, point. Like, <laughs> where do oh, you, you know, draw the line, like, historically? Back, back yeah. in the... <laughs> stopped back in, in the 80s, public, public urination was way more popular. That's so random. Everyone was doing it. Yeah, I don't know why I'm... I don't know why I'm... Getting, yeah, no, I, all right, I just think any... Yeah, any time period in the last century or so, I think maybe... I think we could uh, assume that that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, probably also in the Colosseum in, in, in Roman times. I don't know whether... Do you think they peed in the stands in the Colosseum? <laughs> they, they, they did? Do you think they did? I don't know. No, I don't think they did. I think that it, it's a rule that goes way back. I don't know. What, don't pee in the Don't stands? pee while you're in public, standing next <laughs> to people cheering on their favourite gladiator. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, this is kind of off track. Yeah. So, so focus, save guys. Focus. Gla- this is save our it last chance. Come on, <laughs> channel your 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 your, your yeah. cognitive abilities. Make this work. We want to win on a high note. End this on a high note. I think it's the first one about the balls getting stolen. Balls getting yeah. stolen. If you watch yeah, lots of feel... football, it's very common. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm happy to go with that. Okay. Kind of not. Not my favorite answer though. But yeah, okay. What would have been your favorite answer? No, um, it's good, it's good. Oh, that means we're wrong. Huh? <laughs> no, in a hypothetical, like, what would you, you have been? Uh, what was this? Was bold peeing and washing? Washing, yeah, wash the washing one. That that would have been my 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 favorite answer. Okay, okay. I can tell you that you are wrong, and the correct answer was C, the washing. Oh. No, <laughs> come With on. The body odor smell. Ah, uh, which brings our quiz to a close. Let me just tally up the scores. So we've got seven for for me. <laughs> yes, round of nice applause. Yes, well done. And well your done. ego. And your ego. Good questions, good win. Well played. And for for the guys, we've got three points. Decent effort all round. So we've got enjoyable. records. Like, what's what was the, the worst effort we, we've ever had as, like... Mm, we did one recently where well you were on where it, like it was seven questions and you got the first five wrong but you brought them back so it was, you got two out of seven. Okay, okay so we are nearly the worst. Today. Yeah, I think yeah. this yeah. one may have been. I may have to reassess my quizzing criteria after this, <laughs> but it was enjoyable all the same. Thank you for yeah, yeah, contributing. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And uh, join us after the break where we're going to go down memory lane and discuss the Euro '96 game between England and Scotland at Wembley. Yeah, so I think this this tournament has kind of assumed a very sort of significant role in sort of British popular culture and sort of very associated with the kind of like cultural kind of optimism of sort of like the second half 90s. And if you look at sort of the England team, they'd had the high of Italian 90. And then after that, they'd had the very terrible performance at Euro 99-2. And then they'd failed to qualify for the World Cup in 99 and then you know, those years have been marked by sort of Peter Taylor's very sort of 
dreary, like one-dimensional football and stuff. And Terry Venables was kind of viewed as a pretty much a, a different kind of kettle of fish, where he'd man- manage abroad and try to be a bit more adventurous and maybe like ch- switch up the tactics and stuff. And then, so, but England came into this tournament having not played a competitive game for two years because they, as hosts, they did, they qualified automatically. And then this created sort of like different levels of uh, pressure and different like circumstances of not really knowing how good they were. And then I think this kind of story of this tournament begins as such when they go on the tour to Hong Kong beforehand. <laughs> what a successful trip. Yeah, which, which is just, I think it's just so remarkable. I think it's, because I think the British press, tabloid press, has a power now, but it's it's very diminished uh, when you compare it to sort of like these, like this is the years, like 1990s, and then going into the early 2000s with the golden generation where sort of, the British tabloid press, like the Sun, were very aggressive and like would you know would just destroy the team and stuff like that. And would, like they love like the gossip stories and stuff like this. And then mm-hmm. like the actions of the England team sort of played into this. So like the the story of the tournament kind of begins with the trip to Hong Kong. Uh, they play a couple of games, and then you have the incident with the with the dentist chair. And you, <laughs> you want to maybe flesh out Alex exactly like why why did the English team get in a lot of trouble before their actions in Hong Kong apparently it already started on the flight to Hong Kong right because there was a struggle between Gaza and the steward and so they went into fight because Gaza had a little little bit too much to drink and then I think even the the, the captain the pilot for some reason saw the backside of, of Gaza <laughs> in, in, in all of this mess and then he said that he was about to stop like the flight somewhere over Russia and all of this so it, it, it immediately started kind of in this in this very messy messy way, but yeah, then it, then it just escalated from there on. And sorry, sorry for in, interrupting, but yeah. Well, so I think that kind of leads on to the rest of the series, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah the, the whole dentist chair incident is with these pictures coming out from um, I think a bar or club. Um, <laughs> with I don't know who it was. Was it um, Sheringham getting? Yeah, yeah, alcohol poured into his mouth on this dentist chair. Mm. Um, and also, even though like. They would, they'd gone out to celebrate Gascoigne's birthday, but the story kind of ends up being focused around Gascoigne, even though it wasn't like Gascoigne like leading so much. Like he wasn't even the one in the picture, right? So the story kind of, I think Gascoigne kind of became this kind of like fulcrum of the British press's like focal point and like look at right. these English lads who like just can't yeah. handle themselves. So like they're just a mess. And then, you know, there, there was headlines like Disgraceful as of, like talking in the sun and. Um, they described uh, Gascoigne as like a drunk, uh, a drunk oaf with no pride. And actually, you know, after this, um, after this, you know, this tour and all these, this press stuff, there was like, I think there was a poll in one of the British newspapers and I think like 88 or 89% of the public involved wanted Gascoigne kicked out of the squad. So, you know, there was, they, the squad had kind of had this instance and stuff and then they got, you know, trying to create kind of like a siege mentality out of it, you know, because like mm-hmm. everyone seemed to be seem to be against them right and then but, but, but why I, I mean I don't see it they haven't played a competitive match in two years and so why this is a chance for the press to rally behind the team right I mean it's even taking place in, in England why would you do this why would you backstep your team like this I was genuinely surprised when I read this mm. I, I think it's a, you know it's very much part of the British press culture is to also build people up and then like it's so much fun to like knock them down right mm-hmm. so you see them with like Beckham in 98 you know he's this wonder kid and then he does like he gets sent off and then like let's destroy him or like Wayne Rooney you know when Wayne Rooney when Rooney 
was young and like was in Euro 2004 was amazing and was this amazing like look at this bright spark and stuff and then he does something wrong and then like let's tear them apart okay. right you so know, you mean Gascon in particular now? yeah okay yeah because mm. yeah. for the English team there was no big build up right like this the, this, the build up to the tournament was there and then but anyways yeah yeah because I mean there was like the, the only like uh, I think the only competitive fixtures that they played in two years was this sort of friendly tournament called the Umbro Cup in Japan and that was yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly and they won 3-0 against yeah. China on this Hong Kong trip but yeah so that's the thing so at this point in time there's no sport to write about so that I guess the you know, she, journalists she of uh, like tabloids. Yeah, they're they're trying to find a story and uh, the other you know goings on. Yeah, and I, I think the fact that the the tour itself was very underwhelming on the pitch. Um, I think England just laboured to a one 0 win over Hong Kong's golden select eleven. <laughs> yeah, um, so, <laughs> which was sort of like excuse I think like me, a few Why is it condescending. <laughs> <laughs> well, as hosts of '96 uh, Euro '96, I think they they were hoping for something a bit more emphatic going into the tournament yeah I think the Hong Kong Select 11 had some sort of like English, some English veterans on the team who were like in their late 30s who were just kind of like there for the for the yeah it's uh-huh. I mean it's not even like yeah it's uh, it's the golden Select 11 here we're not talking about Hong Kong's you know strongest team in terms of you know an organised national team set up okay but that's how it usually goes, right? Like, you go on these training camps, then you kind of drew a couple of games, and everyone says, we're still preparing for the, for the big tournament. This is all, you know, calculated into our preparation and whatnot. But anyways, yeah. yeah. So so this was kind of the, 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 the background for then the, the, the tournament. <laughs> but then also the sort of, uh, let's just say, like, the revelry continues on the, on the flight home. So apparently Gascoigne was asleep, and then somebody, like, slaps him. To, to like wake him up and he thinks it's Alan Shearer for some reason he didn't even know it does it so he starts trying to fight Alan Shearer and then, <laughs> and then a couple of the TVs on the plane oh, get, yes. get broken as well but then my favourite bit is uh, like Dennis Wise who was quite you know I'm not sure how he's hyped but he's very very short he gets uh, locked in like an air like in the in the air <laughs> the overhead compartment the overhead compartment oh. <laughs> right <laughs> I was wondering, was this like a normal, like a commercial flight, like with other passengers? No, no, I think it's just English. English. <laughs> because I was, I was picturing this yeah. was like people sitting next to them, and just be like, oh, what's going on here? Mm. Yeah, and so then the tournament starts, and in their first game, England, you know, they take the lead against Switzerland, and they do pretty well in the first half, and like everyone's kind of like, let's pumped up and go and stuff, and then they kind of run out of steam in the second half, and are just lucky enough to draw with Switzerland. So then you've had you also again have the kind of unrealistic expectations, and then like they're brought down to earth. So then they have a lot of pressure going into the game against Scotland because Scotland had they drawn with the Netherlands and the right out. Yeah, that's right. So there, yeah, a lot of optimism from the Scotland camp going into this game, um, and so yeah, and of course you know you've got the historic rivalry between the two countries that it was going to be treated as a cup final, mm. um, no matter what the occasion. Yeah. Um, as a Scottish person, does any game sort of like? come close to England versus Scotland like I'm trying to think of who Scotland's second biggest rival would be but it's got to be England um, mm. yeah absolutely I think just uh, perhaps the kind of the attitude um, of uh, of the English press perhaps um, on the Scottish game and uh, it's this kind of this chance to show um, you know England what what Scottish football is all about? Oh, do you mean like the sort of derogatory stuff? About yeah, Scottish yeah, football exactly. and Scottish league. And... Yeah, uh-huh. um, and I think yeah, 
going into this game, um, the the Scottish, yeah, there was this optimism that you know Scotland could could beat England in their own backyard uh, at their own tournament, um, and you know they'd had a good result against Holland, so why not? Yeah, and I mean, if you look at the Scottish squad back like back then, it's it's pretty it's very strong. Like you have a lot of players who've playing in the, in the top clubs in England and also the Scottish League I think generally like Rangers and Celtic were much closer to competing at the highest level in Europe back then than they would be yeah uh-huh. now. yeah uh, you've got some teammates in there as well you know across the, the Scottish and English teams um, so you've got I think Colin Henry who just won the Premier League with uh, Blackburn the year mm. before um, and he was uh, teammates Braveheart <laughs> yes. Colin Henry's Colin Henry's Twitter profile is uh, Braveheart CH. Um, yeah, uh, he was teammates with Alan Shearer, so you know there was a lot of yeah, there was a lot of Scottish team were playing down in England. Um, mm. So yeah, familiar faces to a lot of the the English. Yeah, mm. and Andy 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 Gorham, the goalkeeper, you know, is quite renowned as I think Rangers fans voted him for as the, their best ever goalie. But I think he also has inspired probably my favorite ever football chant. Where after reports in the newspaper that he had been diagnosed with a mild form of schizophrenia, the the, the chant went, "There's only two Andy Gorham's. There's only two. <laughs> yeah. So then the game starts, and I think the first it's half, like it's it's the, you have the oldest rivalry in football history, mm. and the classic, and the clash of the kick and rush and whatever, and then you watch the first half. And there's nothing. It's such a it's such a letdown. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Nothing to cheer for. No beautiful. No silky smooth pathing. No nothing. I was. So no, it's very much like play the percentages, get it into the corners. Like let's let's press. It's very you know what you you're. I think it reminded me. I was trying to find it before, and then I found him in uh, in Italia ninety in in the World Cup in the World Cup there when England played Ireland and it was a very sort of what you'd like like this England-Scotland game like a very industrious long ball game one of the Italian newspapers wrote uh, as a headline no football please we're British <laughs> <laughs> which other than insulting Ireland I think probably is quite, <laughs> quite accurately kind of sums up the first half of this game but also yeah. I, I mean before we get into the game I think we should get you know the thing that you were most taken by by the game was the sort of age profile <laughs> of, the, of the Scottish I, players I had the important stuck in my head because like yeah it was it was a, a quite a professional Scottish team at the time but also quite matured but not only in their Beyond experience it, yes. but also in their looks which was quite surprising to me yeah, so, they, yeah. they looked like you know, they just had like the the long eyed stare. You know, they'd seen too many. You know, they just come being back from the psalm and just very yeah. <laughs> even know. like a little too many drinks. But I no looked up. I look up. I, I don't look, know. I looked up Colin Henry, and he actually like looks younger now than he did in nineteen ninety six. He was an old man when he stepped on that pitch that day. Because <laughs> even though he's got like a long full. Full, full mane of hair just like the, the facial structure yeah <laughs> so used <laughs> so oh. yeah and uh, they were reminded we, we we also were reminded of there's a famous uh, I think it's it's like a panini sticker of uh, David Moyes and David David, <laughs> <laughs> David Moyes unfortunately he looks like he's I don't know he looks it's, it's out of a horror film just like <laughs> zombie Moyes <laughs> 
You know, even with, even during his worst days at United, he still looked better than this this Panini sticker yeah. from from his youth. I think that sums up the first half, though. The fact we yeah. were looking up old pictures of David Moyes whilst the game was on. I yeah, because but also because you're genuinely interested in how these people look so old, even though they're so young, right? Like, it was it's fascinating. Still, it's still puzzling. To it, me. Yeah. it brought new depths, you know. To, yeah, yeah. To I'll, I'll need to do more research yeah. on that. One. I think we lost it at the in the end at the end of the game when when Steve Stone came on for England. Oh, God. And this point we were also like guessing the age. Yeah, <laughs> in the yeah. running. <laughs> Sorry. This, yeah, we we dismissed the tactical analysis and just played a game of guess who. But <laughs> Steve Stone came on at, at the tender age of twenty four, going on sixty five or something. We were all thirty plus with our guesses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. And those are quite conservative still because I was like, nah, this. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked like a veterans league. <laughs> But yeah, Rob, I think you summed it up best when uh, we were watching the highlights to refresh for this podcast, and uh, there wasn't a single highlight from the first half. Yeah, <laughs> it opens with the first footage. Is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, it's about the same on YouTube. I go yeah, mm. no, no highlight whatsoever. First mm. half, they jump yeah. right into yeah. the fifties minute. What yeah. I would say to the two, yeah, yeah let's, to, let's 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 no, come on to to, <laughs> to to like actually defend the first half is um, I'm glad like when I was watching, I actually you know. Okay, it was kind of boring football and stuff, but both sides looked pretty evenly matched, you know. Mm. And I think yeah. uh, what's kind of misleading, especially in this sort of game, if you just watch the highlights, it looks like England dominated. Yeah, know? I think um, we, we were saying this. Win or something, right? We were saying this as we were watching the game. We were like, oh, you know, uh, we we're expecting, you know, just to see England, you know, totally dominating the whole the whole game, and you know, not mm. letting you know Scotland have a look in, and that's not the case, especially you know in, in the first half. Yeah, and also, and very was, evenly you know, especially, you know, in these kind of times we're used to watching games without any fans, like the atmosphere yeah. does look amazing. Like it looks like a FA Cup final because it's, you, oh, know, yeah. you know, proper afternoon sun. And Yeah, I mean, in many respects, you can, it was uh, yeah. at Wembley in the sun, 3pm kickoff, in many ways it was just like, you know, your your average FA Cup final, for instance. Mm. Um, yeah, and also, I mean, in the first half, Scotland are very... Very, you know, I have in my notes Scotland love a tackle and Scotland certainly do love a tackle because there is a lot of very robust, robust tackling yeah. from <laughs> full bloody. Yeah, and Dewey gets in, gets this gets the elbow in the face, right, and has this cut, mm-hmm. very bloody incident too. So yeah, it was very physical the first half. That's very physical. Mm-hmm. But then, so at halftime, I think which changes the game a little bit. But I mean, maybe that's too easy, but. So Venables, he takes off Stuart Pearce and then, because they have been playing four at the back and then they bring mm. on Jimmy Redknapp and Jimmy Redknapp sort of just like starts doing, you know, the stuff that you kind of imagine a very like modern, a modern sort of DM would do. He just like dictates the play and starts playing like short possession and like then England start to like assert a bit of dominance and then they start, you know, they start building a bit of pressure and then the mm. first goal is really nice, right? So um, I think it's um, Gary Neville actually, yeah. Yeah. a fresh-faced. Surprisingly, um, he <laughs> doesn't look so old in comparison to yeah. His, Gary but... Neville, Darren Addington, Jamie Redknapp look young, and then I think that's that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a nice one um, down the the right channel, and uh, it's kind of a flat ball played in. Yeah, it's not very much pace, but it's just sort of like it's like it's a perfect lofty, spot. Lofty cross. Lofty cross, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, but yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's like he doesn't like whip it in with a lot of pace. He no, exactly, sort of like yeah. places it in yeah. the right area. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah. And then Shearer just bangs it in. Yeah, classic Shearer. And it's 1-0, and I think that really does change the game. 
Yeah, because then yeah. even after that, so Andy Gora makes a brilliant save. Like there's a save from that that from a header where Gascoigne crossed it in and oh like, yes, Sheringham. You know that was like this. Yeah, Sheringham. Yeah, exactly. Sheringham heads it and he makes a you know amazing, amazing save. And then we saw something which you know you don't see very often: a pass back. Oh yes, Gary, in the 61st minute, Gary Neville does a pass back and England, not England. Scotland fucking up completely because twice, yeah, twice, yeah, twice. twice. <laughs> so, and in between the refs just shouting at players. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember who's shouting at him. It could have been, I could have been. Well, was it Adams maybe? And then he shouts at him, and the referee shouts back at him. <laughs> and so yeah, so they have an indirect free kick, sort of on the byline, uh, on the left hand side of the box, and they try and take it quickly to sort of like they chip it to the back post, and it doesn't work. But because the referee wasn't ready, they get to go again. It's like, okay, well, you know, Gary McAllister's is not stupid. He's not going to do the same thing again. He tries to chip it to the back post. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you, like, it's kind of rock, scissors, rock paper, scissors. Yeah. yeah Sometimes yeah. you've got to go for the same thing double twice. Just, yeah. you know, the double for mind, flames, yeah. for mind mind games. I do, I'm trying to remember, like, if I've seen many goals from, like, those indirect free kicks. And I do remember one where Alan Shearer, like, I think it's just, like, tapped and Alan Shearer you know just with his like extremely powerful shot just smashes it and like the guys in the wall are sort of slightly kind of cowering like <laughs> no, 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 I don't really want to get in the way of this and it's just Not like into, into, the, into the roof and then that. And I think like yeah, yeah that's that's how you take that's how you mm. take the indirect free kick in the, in, from the box yeah this was a very unorthodox approach just to scoop it over into the back post yeah, yeah and I think it's I think it's Hendry gets ahead on it but it's not really like it's never really yeah it's never reaching it yeah uh-huh. yeah I think the problem was the Scotland players weren't expecting it a second nope. time. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Scotland players had given up on that tactic. Yeah, and then so Scotland do actually so after after the hour mark they actually get bit back into the game. So I think mm-hmm. like, Jory has a header which is saved pretty well by yeah. Stephen, and I have that. And then so the seventy sixth minute they have the they have they get the penalty, and so Adams fouls on the. In the, in the right-hand corner of the box, he he, he, he fouls Jury, and I think it's, it's a pretty clear penalty. Mm. I mean, yeah, Adams looks pretty guilty after it. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't really. I wanted to say he tries or, to do yeah. the sort of like innocent face, but he does it so badly. He like sort of wipes his hands in his shorts, <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, yeah." Because <laughs> also, no one else joins in. Right? Yeah, like, yeah no that's when you know it's yeah. a penalty. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a clear <laughs> penalty. He he kind of stops his acting. And yeah, that's that. And then apparently. And I watched this like three times. Also, after we watched it, I don't see the ball moving. What's the Yui Geller thing about? Okay, so this. Okay, so I think the ball. So everyone involved like does say the ball moved. So Ali McCoy says the ball moved. I think I've seen McAllister say the ball moved. Other people said. Other people said they could see it on the footage. We couldn't really see it. No. No. But anyway, so I should tell you what actually happens, and then we can get into Yuri Kravitz's bullshit. But okay. So McAllister steps up to take the penalty and he sort of like smashes it pretty much closest down the middle and Seaman sort of like hits it sort of hits Seaman's elbow and then goes up over the bar and the, the chance is missed. Now I'm just gonna read Yuri Geller, the I can't believe that we get into this and then you've got like a quote ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> A little something I prepared earlier. (laughs) So this is Yuri Geller, the British-Israeli illusionist's perspective. Geller wore an England shirt, clutched a crystal in one hand, and George Cohen's cap from 1966, World Cup final in the other. A few thousand feet up in the air, in a helicopter, 
He struggled to see the players down on the pitch and only learned about England going 1-0 up through Alan Shearer via radio commentary. Then, as the game entered its closing stages, Gordon Dory won a penalty for Scotland. Okay, this is a quote from Yuri Geller. When I heard Gary McAllister was going for the penalty, I said, No way! I'm going to move the ball. So when he started running towards the ball, I simply screamed out, One, two, three, move! And lo and behold, the ball moved. Yeah, him and every other England fan watching that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> McAllister's penalty was saved by David Seaman, and, and yeah. So, and then uh, what I love about this is that, like, he was, when he, when he brought this to the public attention, that it would have, in fact, been him who had saved England, he was surprised that he got some hate mail from Scotland. <laughs> so, apparently, others were less understanding. Once the footage of the ball moving spread, Geller became intensely unpopular in Scotland. I had around 11,000 hate letters. After reading a few of them, I simply refused to open all the envelopes because some of them were really rude. Oh. <laughs> Sad. So, Sad story. Yeah. So, okay. So the, the ball moves. Uh, McAllister misses the penalty and it goes over the bar. And then immediately, England counterattack and Gascoigne scores the, you know, the extremely iconic goal. I think it was great. Like, I, I watching the whole game as well, I knew what was coming. So, you know, you're sort of waiting for, for this, you know, m- massive goal. And uh, I think watching Gascoigne as well when he's playing, there's a lot of plays where he's trying to play a different kind of football to what the, the team, the rest mm. of the team are doing. That was the kind of vibe I was Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very clear he's got like a different kind of talent yeah. that the rest of them have. And yeah. he's kind of like playing his own game so even though when things don't come off you kind of see where where it comes from but then yeah yeah, the goal is yeah this is where he takes centre stage this is what he he lays himself up that's the only solution to this this problem (laughs) this conundrum yeah so he's trying to play this crazy you know like different kind of you know style play with the other players it's not working so he's like oh how can I do this I'll, I'll you know Set this up in this amazing way. This, you know, cheeky lob over the, you know, the final yeah, man. Flicks it, and then yeah, the, flicks it over Colin Henry, yeah. and then and then, and then the lovely volley, volleys it into the yeah. goal. Yeah, and then he's and then it's the iconic celebration where he's on the ground and then they're imitating the dentist chair. Of course, yeah, yeah. which is like becomes like the picture of I think like of that Euros is that yeah. him on the ground with the water bottles, and of Scotland thinking they're gonna equalise their two 0 down, and Alex is. Heartbreaking, heartbreaking, absolutely. <laughs> well, funnily enough, um, I was watching an interview with Craig Brown, the Scotland manager, um, and he says that the Scotland bench, um, or you know, the Scotland um, yeah, coaching staff thought that they were going to be bringing Gascoigne off minutes before he scored that goal because Gascoigne had been really quiet, had a really quiet game up till then, I think. Mm. And uh, they, they thought it was, this was terrific, you know. England's you know, <laughs> so great. This is our chance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, twist of fate. Um, yeah, put that that dream. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, and then Gascoigne scores and, you know, it's 2-0. And then, like, the last 15 minutes, there's not really much. That, like, that's it. England play out the game. Yeah. And then, so I would, I should also point out that Yuri Geller in recent in recent years has apologised to the nation of Scotland for his role in their demise. Yeah, it was none of his business, man. Don't meddle with the football. 
<laughs> as a magician, uh, was, I guess. Was it, just, was it just this game he was doing it, or was it yeah. how many other games? Was he should have been like, like approached by loads of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, or at least I watched on the, a on YouTube video. <laughs> I watched a YouTube video where he's in his own kitchen and he makes the ball move. So mm. that's proof enough for me. Mm. Yeah, but we don't know his record, right? How many games he's meddled with? How many way. balls he's moved? The game fixing yeah, and everything. You can make shitloads of money this way. That man has to be rich. Also, I love how like simple the charm is. Like I thought you'd come up with something more sophisticated <laughs> than one, two, three, move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> would you, would you, would you, move? Yeah, yeah, just like anything else. But, what, what, what was the name of the player? Or oh, he said uh, his favorite number is number three because oh, Asamoah Jan. Asamoah Jan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. he believes in the charm too. <laughs> Such a powerful number. You always say one, two, three. Then you do stuff. <laughs> Uri Geller took this to heart. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, one, two, Uri three. Geller combines. <laughs> yeah, so, and then England, so after this game, they go on to hammer Holland 4-1. And even though Scotland win their last game, right? So they beat, they beat Switzerland? Yeah, 1-0. Um, but there's a consolation goal um, Holland get yeah. against England, which... Ultimately, knocked Scotland out um, with the the goals for rule. Um, yeah. They were matched in goal difference. Mm. Um, were they matched? They were matched in goal di- um, yeah. with, with Holland. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because they drawn the first game. Um, mm. So yeah, yeah. And then so England go on. They in the quarterfinals against Spain, they they win a shootout, which you know, for for England, it's like oh, this is a big thing. You know, we've broken the penalty shootout curse. This is this is a, this is our moment. Wait, if only, if only. <laughs> and then four days later, against German Germany, the curse is reinstated. Well, what a shootout! Yeah, you made us watch it after. The game. <laughs> what a shootout! It was a quality shoot. Yeah, it was it was a quality shootout until Gareth Southgate steps up. Yeah, and it's a very tame week week effort. His yeah. mother his mother said afterwards, "Why didn't you just smash it?" <laughs> <laughs> Jinred respect. Very harsh critique coming from your mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, and then, yeah, and so England go out in the semi finals against Germany, and Germany go on to beat Czech Republic, who are the sort of unsurprised team of this tournament. Yeah, in the final. But yeah, and then what I did also find quite interesting, so not to be the, you know, the British press couldn't be. You know, they they don't do things on the on the on the low level. So in the in the in the semi final against Germany, one of the the, the news of the world, um, who was which was edited by Paul Morgan at the time, ran with the headline with Paul Gascoigne in a in a tin helmet like a war tin helmet on the front page with the headline "Achtung, surrender," and they actually had plans to drive a tank to the German team hotel, but. The, the backlash from the from the initial headline was so strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not really much. What else to say about this? Yeah, yeah, that's a bit that's a bit bad. But I think we should finish up with this most amazing Paul Gascoigne anecdote, which I found online. And then okay. So this this is this is from his autobiography, and I think this should you know I think a printout of this page should be in the Louvre because I think it, it is literally <laughs> literally art. <laughs> so I'm going to read it okay on one of our days off we went down to the beach to sunbathe David Platt had joined the squad more of that later and ever since we arrived he hadn't stopped going on about Doug Ellis the Aston Villa owner and Platty's boss it was all 
Doug Ellis has the biggest yacht. Doug Ellis is going to do this. Doug Ellis is going to do that. Doug Ellis has, has, had installed the best pitch. Doug Ellis has, has flown to the moon. By lunchtime we'd had a few drinks, although we shouldn't have, and I decided it was time to take the piss. There's a big-ass yacht anchored about 300 yards off the beach, and when I saw it I shouted, Oh look, Dougie and his boat. I started to swim out to it, and a few of the lads followed, mainly because I said they would probably have loads of drink on board. <laughs> As we got nearer, I was calling out, Oh Dougie, oh Dougie, where are you? Just then a bloke peered over the side. Hello Paul, fuck me, it was Doug Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> about eight of us clambered on board, including Gary and Lenneker's missus. We must have got through about 30 bottles of champagne and all of his food. It was brilliant. At one point I leapt on Mrs. Lineker for a laugh and we both tumbled over the side and into the ocean. Fortunately, she saw the funny side, but I'm not sure Gary did. By the time we had to leave, I was smashed. We were swimming back and I was about 100 yards from shore when I began to get tired. I decided the best thing to do was take a deep breath, dive to the seabed, give myself a moment to relax, then push up and swim back to as fast as I could. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Not the smartest decision I've made, but I was pissed. As I was coming back up, I must have got turned around because after resurfacing and swimming hard, I looked up, expecting to see the shore, but discovered I was heading in the wrong direction. <laughs> I was beginning to struggle, and I panicked a bit. It, it was quite frightening. I started to wave my hands in the air, and luckily enough, a little dinghy with an outboard motor turned up. It was Gary Lineker with another bloke. Get in, you daft bastard, he said. When I looked up, it was Nigel Kennedy, the violinist. Give us a tune then, Nigel, I said. <laughs> Handel's water music, he laughed. I didn't have a clue what he was on about. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, Rob, it's been a pleasure to have you back on the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes. Hope you'll join us again soon for more, for more football. Leon, thank you for being on the pod this week. Yeah, it was a blast. Thank you. Yeah, before we should finish up, uh, I would just like to mention that friend of the podcast, Paul Watson, from our uh, from our Up Pompeii interview, he's doing a fundraiser for Christmas called Kitmas, and they're raising funds and also collecting old kits for kids who may not be getting any Christmas presents this year. So you can go online, and if you have any old football kits around, you can donate to them. They also have a GoFundMe, so you can if you go to GoFundMe.com forward slash Kidmas, you can donate there, and it's a really it's a really good thing to get involved with, and we encourage you all to. All right, thank you very much for joining the podcast, and we'll see you again soon. Bye. Podcast Network.